Welcome back to the Starbase Indie Podcast, where we talk to and about people who are inspired by Star Trek or science fiction to work towards hopeful futures in the real world. So I am Lisa Meese, the host of the Starbase Indie Podcast, and I am here with Sandy Gimple, and I'm so excited to be talking to her again. So Sandy, when you introduce yourself, how do you usually talk about your career? How do you introduce yourself? <laughs> From the beginning? <laughs> Yeah, tell me, tell us how you got started in show business. Okay. Um, I was a dancer. And um, actually, the, the funny part about it is, is that um, my mom wanted me to be a teacher. She said, you know, I know you like to dance, but fall back, you know, you got to have this education. And my sister did. She went to school and became a teacher and, you know, taught physical education and, and actually a couple of other shows, uh, like history and those things which I never wanted to do, <laughs> but I went ahead and went to LA City College, Los Angeles mm-hmm. City College here and studied theater arts. We got to do major events that were really cool. And they had this huge auditorium that looked like, you know, it had balconies and everything there. I mean, it was amazing. So I went there, that was fun. And then I transferred to state college cause it was a two year college. Mm-hmm. And um, got an audition for a show that was called Pacific Ocean Park. We had a big theme park out here at the beach. And they needed dancers to play Jack and Jill to bring people into the park. Mm-hmm. So I auditioned for the, the part of Jill. And I got it. And that was the end of school. <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't make my mom real happy, but made me happy. I signed a contract with Westinghouse for three years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we would open up during Easter vacation and all summer long. Mm-hmm. And then that was, you know, those, so those are the only times you worked. So while I did the first year and while we were off, because after uh, summer vacation was over, we really didn't open the park. It was too cold for Christmas and, you know, it wasn't snowing like it is there, but it was cold <laughs> on the ocean. I auditioned for, you're going to laugh, West Side Story, the original. Oh, wow. And got the job as a jet. And Westinghouse House would not let me out of my contract. So I had to turn the job down. I finished my contract with Westinghouse. House. I had two years left on it and finished it. And when I finished it, I was still looking for auditions. And all the dancers knew you, everybody kind of knew what it, where the auditions were and what was going on, and everybody shared information. It was really nice in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I auditioned for The Pleasure of His Company with Fred Astaire, and they picked like 20, 25 dancers, and they lined us up. And they said, okay, we need eight dancers out of the 25. And Edith Head, who was the head costume designer and if you look her up in the old days, she was like the top costume designer. And she was going to pick the eight girls because the 20, 25 they picked, they didn't, they were fine with whoever got it, they were fine. And <laughs> Edith Head was probably shorter than me. <laughs> I know. And she wore dark rimmed glasses and was staunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think this woman ever smiled and just was like, you know, this perfect person. 
So she's walking down the line of dancers. I will never forget this as long as I live and pointing at the girls that she wanted. And she went down the list going, you, you, you. And she pointed at me and I went, me? <laughs> two years old, 21 years old. It was like, huh? And she went, yes, you. <laughs> it was funny. So I got the job and got in the, I got in the guild at the time. And the dancers were in a screen extras guild, which was the background screen actors guild where the main actors and screen actors guild was everybody else that was on camera. So I got in the guild as a dancer, did the pleasure of his company with Fred Astaire, did the job and went on to audition for other dance jobs. We did the thing called Sculptatone, which was the jukebox where you'd put money in the jukebox and then you'd see a video of dancers dancing to the music. I did mm -hmm. some of those. And then um, Central Casting, who was doing all the casting for background and dancers and everybody called, go on an audition for the Nomobile at Disney. And basically that was a feature they were doing that had they wanted short people because they had a swing from vines and stuff. And they were going to make us look really little. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were nomads. So I went on that audition, got that job. And the next one I got was not an audition. They just put me on as a dancer on clam bake with Elvis Presley at Disney. And for some reason, he, he liked me. Because and, you're fantastic and wonderful. I think that's probably the reason. <laughs> but he he wanted me on his shows. And he said, you know, you want to keep dancing on my shows? And I went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. ended up doing 15 pictures with him. I was one of his five main dancers. And um, 15. Wow. Yeah, 15 pictures. In fact, it was interesting because we were at MGM and he wasn't shooting anything when during you know sometime during that and i i did the courtship of eddie's father with uh bill bixby i was standing in like when they liked the lights and stuff i had a little part on the show and you know it was really very family oriented show and elvis had started shooting chautauqua which they changed the name to something else i remember but um at the back lot of mgm and he was going Let's see, Bill and I were going to lunch in the commissary and he was coming out of the commissary going back to work. And he had his, you know, Joe Esposito and all the guys with him. <laughs> and he stopped and he went, why aren't you on my show? <laughs> Bill working on my show. <laughs> he said, when is your show finished? <laughs> and he went through this whole thing and ended up, he said, as soon as you're done, you call, you call this guy who was the unit manager and you get on my show right away so I said okay and I did and we finished that up and um I just kept working until he stopped doing shows which was um change of habit mm -hmm. and we finished that at Universal and then he went back to working um you know on stage and doing the shows in Vegas and um Central Casting called and said they need a new stand-in for Bill Momi on Lost in Space. And you want to go on the interview? He said, you're the, you're the right height because he out, Bill has outgrown the, wasn't a midget, but he was a, a small person that was, mm -hmm. you know, and was doubling him. And what had happened was he had 
Bill was actually getting to be a little taller than him. And they also needed him to go under a cylinder mm -hmm. uh, that was turning. So Bill like gets stuck under the cylinder. And, you know, well, he was a little too big to fit under the cylinder. He was, you know, heavier. Mm -hmm. okay? So I said, sure, I'll go in the, you know. Well, I walk in on this interview and there's like eight guys there asking me questions. The producer, the director, and all the stunt coordinator, all these people. And I'm going, all they need to know is how tall I am. You know, if, <laughs> right. What it may, you know, I'm thinking, what's going on? And they're asking me, what's your, your time? You know, what did you do for a living? I understand you're a dancer. Your timing must be good. Your coordination's good. And this one guy looks at me and he goes, have you ever thought about doing stunts? And I, I looked at him and I said, what's a stunt? I had <laughs> Well, you have figured it out since, huh? Well, he said, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'll tell you what, you come to the gym three days a week. I will teach you how to do stunts and you can stand in for Bill and you can double him. And I went, cool. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Having no idea. Little did you um, know. So I did the show for three years or two years, actually the last two years of the three-year show. And um, I ended up stunt doubling him and playing monsters on the show and doing all the voiceovers on the show, actually, because the voiceover later didn't show up one day. And they said, come with us. We want you to, you know, be a carrot screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up doing that. And while I was on the show, there were weeks in and out that, you know, Bill wasn't doing a lot or he was only in school or whatever. And um Desi Lou, which is now Paramount, called and said to Paul Stater, who was our stunt coordinator, um, do you have anybody that can come over here and, and play a Telosian? Uh, we're doing a pilot for a show called Star Trek, and you're the only other star-based show, you know, like ours. And um, we need somebody that can wear, you know, all the prosthetics and get it stuck to their face and not be allergic to it. And he went, oh, yeah, I've got a great gal. She's Sandy. She'll do fine. She works on, she does those things on our show all the time. So that's how I got Star Trek. Got to play a Telosian in the pilot mm -hmm. and uh, went out, did that. That was interesting. <laughs> how so? Well, first of all, they did a cast of me, you know, a, they do a plaster cast mm -hmm. and then they fit the head and all of this stuff. And um, the Telosians talked tele telepathically, mm -hmm. right? So I never had to open my mouth, but I had to make the veins in my head, pardon me, I had to make the veins in my head pulse like I was talking mm -hmm. to them, right? So how they did it was in the skull cap, they had tubes running so that, and then they had them painted on the skull kept kind of blue. So they mm -hmm. looked like um, veins. Then they had a tube running down my arm to a ball in my hand that was an air ball. So that when you squeeze the ball, it made the veins pulse. Oh, cool. It was cool. And they had, if you look at the Telosians, they had these long robes on and they hand, and if you look at the arms, they covered up the fingers. I mean, all basically you could see with a little bit of your fingers. That was because they were covering up the ball, you know, of us pulsing to make the, they make the voices for the, 
but the things move. And, and Gene Roddenberry was on the set constantly. He never left the set at all. You know, on Lost in Space, Erwin Allen would come in and he'd, you know, take over directing for a while and then he'd leave, you know, it was, but Gene Roddenberry never left the set. This was his pilot. This was his baby. Mm-hmm. So we did that. I went back to Lost in Space and, you know, forgot about it. And they didn't sell the pilot, of course. Right. And um, I think it was a year later when Desilu um, Studios backed them doing another pilot. They actually paid for it. Mm-hmm. They did The Cage. Mm-hmm. No, The Cage was the first one. Uh, Man Trap. Man Trap, yep. <laughs> anyway, um, and I called Paul and said, can you send Sandy back over? She was great in the costume. We have another costume for her. <laughs> and he said, yeah, sure. So I went back and I got to do um, the salt vampire. That was a totally different kind of costume. You know, that was just a big, heavy, full costume. You know, where the Telosian was a robe and basically the head. You know, mm-hmm. that was where the, the costume really was. You know, the uh, salt vampire was a full on, full on costume that you couldn't see out of. That had to make it interesting. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> the um, eyes were slits. Mm-hmm. So you had no peripheral vision whatsoever. And you could kind of see past the, the snout that was sticking out. Mm-hmm. If you head way down, you could kind of see the ground. But that was about, you know, and directly in front of you a little bit. And the um, suckers that had to go on to Shatner's face mm-hmm. just were beyond my fingertips. Mm-hmm. So the glove stopped at my fingers, and then the suckers, all like like my extensions of my fingers, were out further. And they, you know, put the whole costume on me, and you know, it took about an hour to get the thing on, and sew the head on, and you know, make do all whatever they did. And we went into rehearse, and I couldn't reach. I I, I couldn't see where I was going. So I would I couldn't figure out where the mark was. And then I had to put my fingers on on Shatner's face. <laughs> I couldn't find his face because <laughs> if you think about it, you reach with your with your hand, right? Mm-hmm. So the suckers would be beyond his head. And so he would like grab them and pull them back and he'd laugh at me. And <laughs> I was like, Bill, I'm so sorry. I just, you know, and they finally, after we screwed around with that for a while. Um, they took the head off and said, all right, figure out where you need to be. So the one nice thing about being a dancer is you can figure out where you are. You know how many steps it takes to get to a certain spot, you know, all of that. So I found my spot where I was at the right reach to reach Shatner's face. And then I counted the shots, the steps backwards to where I had to start. So I knew Basically, I didn't have to see. I mean, all I had to do was know where I was going. They put the head back on and we shot it and it worked perfectly. The other thing about it was in front of the cameras, they had a plate. So every time I would morph back and forth into Nancy, mm-hmm. the girl, that he thought he was seeing to the vamp, to the monster, mm-hmm. they would draw either draw her into the camera and then take her out and then put me in in exactly the same spot 
or vice versa. They would pull me out and then put her in. So you see the morph isn't real. If you watch the show, the morph isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. You can kind of see the jump, but um, that's how they did it. They didn't have another way of doing it like they do today. You know, I mean, today they, <laughs> they, they put you on a set with um, 9,000 cameras and dots all over you. and <laughs> They just do it. But, um, but 55 years ago or so, it's exactly. very different. Yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me. Oh, sorry. Math is, math is bad. Got it. <laughs> no, what? 67. It was 60. Well, it wasn't 60. I shouldn't say that. I was 22, I believe. I was 22 years old. You're probably right. <laughs> Maybe a little off, but yeah, I don't know how long it took to get to um, from taping it to airing it. I know when it aired, but right, it just it. Um, I don't know how long it took to you know from taping it to airing it. I just know that um, it was a whole different feel because with different a different actor. Also, you know, Shatner was playing right. this, and um, Hunter played the other one. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and Jeff Hunter was very quiet and reserved and didn't talk much and, you know, very different than Chatner. Chatner, you know, was, was more boisterous and more bold and, you know, he'd laugh and carry, you know, with things and talk. And so it was a different feeling on the set. It was a totally different feeling, but it was fun. It was, I have no complaints, you know, and I mean, all the other things I, I did a lot of, um, playing a, a um, crew member you know mm-hmm. background work or doing some stunt work hit the ground when the when the ship would shake and things like. i can't even remember which shows they were you know i just remember going in because you go in for a day you go home and you don't you know you don't think about it anymore so i kind of forgot that i had done start and i knew i did star trek but i it wasn't a big deal to me <laughs> until later well, I mean, you were hanging out with Elvis at the time, so Star Trek maybe didn't occur to you as the thing that <laughs> you'd be still talking about, you know, years later. You know, it's interesting because in my career, I and I look back at what I've done, and I've done some iconic things. Yes, you have. Talk about some of them. Well, Brag on yourself a little bit. <laughs> You know, what's interesting is because you do, you go in, you work, you go home, and you forget about all this stuff. And, and you, and you work on a lot of shows people forget about, they never heard of, or, or they go, I don't know that show. What show was that? You know, but I think I'm pretty blessed. I mean, between the fact that Lost in Space was still, people are talking about it. Sure. And Star Trek is iconic. I mean, Absolutely. totally iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, Elvis. <laughs> Yeah. Can't can't miss Elvis. I was so blessed to be, you know, able to be with him and and be friends with him, really. Um, I mean, we used to go out and play softball together, you know, before people found out where we were going. And um I could go sit in the rehearsal halls and while they would, you know, play the music and play, you know, and carry on. And when he was performing after it was funny because after he um was performing in Vegas again, mm-hmm. it was my birthday. And I went, my ex-husband, <laughs> anyway, he did take me to Vegas for my birthday mm-hmm. and I wanted to see Elvis. I wanted to, and it was totally sold out. You could not get in. And they're saying, we're sorry, we're sorry. So I picked up the phone to call Joe Esposito. And I think I talked to Charlie, um, can't think of Charlie's last name. That's bad. Anyway, one of the 
you know, mafia. <laughs> oh, okay. The, you know, his gang. Mm-hmm. And because um, I had phone numbers of all the guys and everything. And um, I said, I want to see him. It's my birthday. And they said, you're totally sold out. He said, I'll stop worrying about it. Just show up. Or we'll have your name at the door. I said, oh, okay, cool. So went that night and went to the thing. And I said, you know, she's asked, you know, the lady's asking for your name. And I told her and she said, just a minute, please. The next thing I know, they're pulling a table out and setting up right in front of the stage, which was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Elvis was kind of as big as it got, right? And so you got to be kind of adjacent to that, but still have the ability to sort of not have to be, have people chasing you the same way. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because it was like, I was one of the boys. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds kind of funny, except that, I never had to worry about him hitting on me or any of that stuff. And I got to go play with all of them and, and be around him. And, and it was interesting. I mean, I don't know how it ended up that way. It just always did. I mean, I, maybe cause um, I was married, but um, I don't think I was married when I started working with him. You know, I, I really don't, but um, it didn't matter. It just, it was you know, I was one of the gang and I got to go play. <laughs> That's fantastic. That was fun. Um, other shows that are iconic that maybe not as iconic as, as Star Trek and Lost in Space and, um, and Elvis, mm-hmm. but I'd say pretty much up there. Um, one was Airplane. That's the one that was in my head. Absolutely. <laughs> talk about that. Talk about your role there. Well, I got to play a Girl Scout which was very interesting, you know, because we're grownups and as women, you're not built like a little kid anymore. <laughs> true, true. So um, tape works really well, not the sticky kind, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they tape the boobs down <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, put your hair in piggy tails. And uh, so you kind of look straight up and down. You didn't look like you had a figure. And I got to play one of the Girl Scouts in the bar. And that fight is is kind of historic, right? Wasn't it sort of yeah. the first time that that girls were on screen doing that kind of fight? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, girls have always were had always done hair pulling, you know, mm-hmm. rolling on the floor kind of fights. It wasn't ever a knockout drag out fight that a girl had ever done. Conrad Palmasano was a stunt coordinator, and he wanted a knockout drag out fight that these two Girl Scouts were going to do. And it's a comedy, so it was perfect place to put it. And um, we got to do an amazing fight. I mean, it was, it took like three days to shoot it. And it was, I mean, he had it coordinated so that we were beating the, you know, what out of each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, broke through the staircase down, you know, fell down. You know, I threw her down. I took the other girl and threw her down. A bar into the jukebox. Her head went in the jukebox. Uh, she, we took chairs and knocked them over each other's heads. Um, broke bottles on each other, you know, and punched literally punched each other out. Um, so it was a fun, fun fight, and it was iconic. Yeah, that was the first fight two girls had ever really done that way. And now girls, you know, can do anything they want. They'll, you know, they have them really doing fights, but not in those days they didn't. So. It was a glass ceiling, but instead of just breaking it, you threw the other girl through it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it 
and everybody was so nice on that show. Um, and Robert Hayes, who was one of the actor stars, we ended up being really good friends after that. I got to do um, a couple of other movies with him. Um, it was a haunted house we did, and I can't think of the name of it. I was I, I was very lucky to be able to work with him a few times because, and he was just a doll, just an absolute sweetheart. And Leslie Nielsen's crazy, funniest person you've ever met in your entire life. I mean, he. <laughs> He'd walk around and he had a, a whoopee cushion and the thing is his hand that, that sounded like a little fart. Mm -hmm. you know, those things, those toys that you, and he, and no, and he would walk around and he walked by you and be standing and so you'd be talking to somebody else and he'd push on it. So it'd go. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd make sure you couldn't see him, <laughs> you know, behind you or something. And you just hear this noise and you go, uh-oh. <laughs> So it was a fun, fun set. I mean, it really was a fun set. Um, interesting enough, um, Jerry Zucker was the director with mm -hmm. David Zucker's brother. They both directed it. And years later, he was directing, Jerry Zucker was directing um, Rat Race. Mm -hmm. Bobby Goldberg and all of those. I guys. love that movie. And um, Mickey Gilbert, who was coordinating it, said, uh, we want I, I want you to do a stairfall, but I'm really worried about it because the stairs in the Venetian Hotel, it's 160 stairs. It's going to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is bring another stunt girl with me, with us, just in case you get hurt. <laughs> Yikes. And he knew me really well. I had been, Mickey was one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. So he knew what I could do when I couldn't do. And I said, you know, she's never going to work. Eddie, he goes, I know, don't worry about it. And it was funny because we were went on the plane going to Vegas. She was sitting next to me. It was a good friend of mine. I mean, I knew her really well. Uh -huh. She said, you know, I'm doubling you. And I said, you know, you're not going to work. She goes, I know. <laughs> but um, anyway, Jerry had seen a lady at the airport that he liked her look. So he had had the guy with him take pictures of her and he said, this is what I want the lady falling down the stairs to look like. And no disrespect. She looked like a fat Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> she, I mean, she was just this heavy set lady with a hair. Her face was heavy. Everything was heavy. And, but she was blonde and she had that kind of Debbie Reynolds look about her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> fat suit. And they put prosthetics all over my face to make my face fatter. So I think I have a picture of me with the stunt coordinator looking. You wouldn't even recognize me. And the padding has to be good in a situation like that, though. The padding was great. <laughs> I helped a lot. <laughs> I went to make it, hair and makeup. It took like two and a half, three hours. We got me all ready. Went out on the set. And Jerry comes over to, to tell me what you know to do. And I said, you know, I've worked with you before. And he goes, no, you haven't. And he didn't remember my name, you know, and he, he's looking at me and he goes, I don't know you. I've never worked with you. I said, okay, I'm not going to argue with him. Right. 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 So he said, okay, this is what I want you to do. You slip on the glass and you, you know, fall down the stairs and please go as fast as you can. Do not stop on the, there's two platforms where the stairs are. There was a bunch of stairs and a little platform, bunch of stairs, another platform, and then the stairs to the ground. Balls ass. I want you as fast as you can down those stairs. I said, okay. So I did it. Get to the bottom. They yell cut. And he comes over to me and goes, can you slow down? <laughs> I went, yeah, I can slow down. <laughs> so I went back up. 
and I did it again. And basically what you do is if you're falling down the stairs, your head is in one direction as you keep going. Mm -hmm. So in order to slow yourself down, you have to literally lift yourself and flip to the other side. So that'll slow you down. Okay. So I would get to a platform and I could flip myself. Mm -hmm. So I got, I did the whole thing, got to the bottom. Gloria Allrich is playing the lawyer in the show and she comes over and she's like, are you all right? Are you all right? And I go, yeah, I'm fine. And she goes, don't say that because we're going to get you a million dollars. And the race, the whole race deal was about a million bucks. Mm-hmm. So everybody's plotting and everybody's happy. And, the direct, and Jerry's going, my God, print it, print it. I love it. I love it. Well, his wife is sitting next to him producing also. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, Jerry, and, and I swear to you on a Bible, she did this. Would look great if she could go backwards. <laughs> and he went, God, that'd be great. Can you do that? Meanwhile, Tim Gilbert, Mickey's son, is coordinating because Mickey's out doing second unit. And we're both right there next to them as they're talking. You know, we could hear them. And he said, can you go backwards? I went, yeah, I can go backwards. And Tim is going, ah, ah, ah. And I said, it's okay. okay." I said, walk me back upstairs. And he goes, okay. Sandy, you can't go backwards. That's insane. I said, it's all right. I can go backwards because it's a little easier. When you go forward, you have to push off and miss the first few stairs, tuck and roll and start your, you know, start your descent down. And um, backwards, basically all I have to do is sit down, flip my legs over my head and start the roll. Was that all? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, sure. So he said, okay. So we, I did that. We, we shot it and they printed it and loved it. And that's the one they used in the picture. Mm-hmm. And um, I made it a lot of money, big adjustment, adjustment for it. Anyway, so, you know, I get all the makeup off and everything. And I walk back out onto the set as me. Mm-hmm. I really look. <laughs> right. And Jerry is on top of the camera car. Cause they're going, they're starting to get ready to do some chases down the street with the cars. Mm-hmm. And so I walked over to the camera car before, cause they were just lighting and stuff. And I said, Jerry, and he goes, yeah. I said, now do you recognize me? He was <laughs> the camera car. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he jumped down, gave me a big hug and a kiss and went, Oh my God, I just had no idea. <laughs> that was very, that was a lot of fun. So I've had, you know, there's been some incredible fun stuff that I've done and I talk a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That's, I'm delighted. And now you have not just done stunts, you've coordinated and you've been, uh, is it second unit director and you've done a lot of these sort other sorts of roles. Talk a little about that. Well, what happened was when you're, well, it used to be this way. If you were doing a stunt by yourself, say you're the only stunt person on the show, mm-hmm. they didn't need to hire another person as the stunt coordinator. So you were coordinating yourself. Okay. You know, I knew how to, I learned how to set cameras and stuff when I did Lost in Space because when I was standing in for Bill, the camera people were, I mean, you talk about a family. I you stand there and they light the lights and they set the cameras. Well, they would play games with me and they'd say, where's your key light? 
And what lens do we have on? You know, where, where is your parameters? So I learned all that stuff while doing Lost in Space by playing games with the cameraman and the lighting people. Mm-hmm. So when I was coordinating myself, doing no, you know, just, you know, I'd say, well, where are you guys putting the camera? You know, and they tell me and I say, do you have a second camera? Can you put it over here? And they go, oh yeah, no problem. They, you know, whatever. So I did that. And then I started um, getting shows that I could coordinate with other people that I could hire, you know, a couple people here and there. And I did some independent shows and, then I got to do um, Mrs. Colombo with Kate Mulgrew at Universal. They hired me as their student coordinator. Mm-hmm. This was very interesting because a girl really had not coordinated a big show, a big television show, except one girl had been doing, and I'm not mentioning names, but one girl had been doing um, Charlie's Angels mm-hmm. at Fox and she got fired. And she sued 20th Century Fox and she sued the company. Now I was on that show mm-hmm. and I was doubling one of the girls on the show. I think it was Diane Lad, Lad I was doubling. Diane Lane. Anyway, she um, really wasn't doing a good job and they had every right to fire her. They would have fired a guy, but she was a girl, was, you know, and they, and she sued. So when I went in to get, you know, for the audition, for um, Mrs. Colombo, and I had known the producer because I had been on the lot working. I had been doing um, BJ and the Bear and all of these, you know, just just working on all of these shows, not coordinating them, but working. Mm -hmm. And so I went in to see the producer and I said, look, I want to coordinate the show. I've got experience. I've been doing, you know, some independence and things like that. And he said, and he said, no, no, I know you're good. I really do know you're good, but I, I, I don't know if I can do this. And he hemmed and he hawed and he, I can't remember exactly what he said. And he's, and I looked at him and, and thank God I knew him well enough that I said, what's the matter? Are you afraid to hire a girl? And he said, yeah. Yeah. He said, I, I, God forbid you don't do a good job and I have to fire you. What am I going to do? I said, I'll tell you what, if I don't do a good job and you know me well enough, you pull me by the ear off of the stage and I will quit. And he went, let me think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, okay, but I really want the show and I can do it. And he said, I know you can. I know you can. So I went home and about two hours later, I got a phone call. He said, you got the job. You, you, You got it. So here I am coordinating a television series at Universal Studios. We do one episode and they can't finish. You're supposed to shoot it in an hour show in seven days. Mm -hmm. They had so much going on and stunts and everything else. They just couldn't finish the episodes. They, I think we did two episodes and they were unfinished, both of them. Mm -hmm. And so the production manager, who was Dan Franklin at the time, called me in his office and he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have, which was going to shoot all of this action stuff that we've dropped and all this stuff we need to shoot. And um, I'm going to hire, I'm not going to mention his name because he was a good, he was a good second unit director, Mm -hmm. you know, to direct second unit. And we want you on the set because you've been on the show. So you know exactly how we shoot and what's going on. And I want you to help him. And I went, I'm not going to help him. I want to shoot second unit. (laughs) (laughs) I had a big mouth on me. Let me tell you. And he said, 
there's no way they're going to let you shoot second unit Sandy. So we please just help him. I said, no, I don't want to help him. I want the show. I want to direct second unit. And he said, it's just not going to happen. And I don't know how long I was in the office. It felt like three days, but it was like an hour, like half an hour. Um, and I said, I'm tell you what, when he, when you shoot second unit, I'm not coming in that day. I, I just, I'm not going to help him. So I just don't want to be there even. He said, I don't remember what he said to tell you the truth, but I left the office, got in my car to drive home and started crying because I figured I'd blown the stunt coordinating job. I figured I just blew it all. And um, it took Jan half the day, I guess. I don't know. It was probably noon when I left and five o'clock when he called me. Mm -hmm. And he said, hi. I said, hi. <laughs> I think it was a fire call. You know, the call that said, see you, bye. I don't watch you anymore. Mm -hmm. He said, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, Black Tower, sign your contract. You're, sign you're, you're directing second unit. And Black Tower was where the execs of the whole entire studio were. Mm -hmm. And he, he went in and fought for me and said, she can do it. Let her do it. So I did, I, I got the directing job and um, production head called me in his office the next day when I was on the lot. And he said, all right, you're directing second unit. You go out and you shoot everything the director wants. You can shoot what you want after that, but don't you come back before five o'clock. You just met, you just shoot everything that he wants. I, and after that, if you, you have some shots you want to shoot, then you shoot them, but not until then. And there were, there were guys, you know, on the Universal lot that were doing second units. Ron Stein was doing uh, Airwolf mm -hmm. and other shows, you know, so they, he knew, you know, as far as directing, you know, what you had to get. And I said, okay, don't worry, no problem. But director and I sat down, we, you know, went over what he wanted and um, I went out and shot it all. And apparently they were happy because I shot second unit on every single episode for a year after that. Apparently they were. That was good. And that went on to direct second unit on Hearts of the West and um, God knows a couple of other shows that, you know, uh, they came from outer space was another show that I did. There were um, other shows at Universal that I got to, you know, do. I did um, Harper Valley PTA with um, Barbara Eden. Mm -hmm. I got to stunt coordinate and direct second unit. Sherwood Schwartz was doing that show, who did the Brady Bunch. And when I got, after I got that show, I did that for him. And I did, we did a special on Harlem Globetrotters. I did that. We did a special on Gilgan's Island. And I, I got to direct, I got to stunt coordinate that. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to do, Sherwood Schwartz was going to do a show. It, it didn't make it, which was too bad. It was called Scamps. Mm -hmm. And it was about a bunch of kids that were rowdy house that all lived together. And the only stunt they actually did on the show was they put soap. They were going to wash the clothes for mom. Mm -hmm. And they put all this soap in there. And of course, it was too much soap. Right. And it came out of the washing machine and it went, it filled the whole room up and they were stuck in the, with all the soap suds all over them and everything. Not enough to, to hire a stunt coordinator for sure. Mm -hmm. And they wanted the real kids to do the stuff. And he made me associate producer on the show. So that was fun. So I've been very blessed. I've been very blessed. I mean, you know, I, I've gone on to stunt coordinating a lot of shows. As far as directing second unit, Universal bought me my director's guild card for the DGA, mm -hmm. uh, which was amazing. I was the first, talk about glass ceilings. 
um, I was the first stunt girl to ever get her directing card as a second unit director and open the door for a lot of girls. It took a while, but for them, to, you know, to get other girls to, to direct, but they are now. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not retired. You're still working. <laughs> no, no, no. What have you done lately? Um, Lately. Let's see. I just, just last week I did um, Weird Al Yankovic with um, Radcliffe, um, Richard Radcliffe. He was in all of the... Um, Harry Potter? Yes, Harry Potter. Okay. So I just did that. I had done Oregon Trail with him, but they have me playing little old ladies a lot. They have been doing that for years. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, they can dress me up. You put that gray wig on me. It's all of a sudden I'm 20 years older and they stick some lines on my face and they're good to go. And then they hit you with a car or something. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, sure. So um, when we did Oregon Trail, which was last, just last year, Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing a preacher on the show mm-hmm. and I play a little old lady and we're at the gravesite, and he's making this big sermon about my husband had just died and you know they're going to bury him right and I have a heart attack and I drop dead and he goes oh well she's little just pick her up and put her in the same grave <laughs> <laughs> so basically that was the scene we did on Oregon Trail so I had no idea he was playing weird Al Yankovic Nobody told me. They just told me that Weird Al was going to come up and um, wanted to put mail in the mailbox. And I was going to um, be trying to put mail in the mailbox. And he gets, he can't wait. So he shoves me out of the way and I go flying to the ground. So um, here he comes all dressed up as Weird Al with the big wig wig on and the mustache. And and um, he walks up and he goes, hi, I'm, um, doesn't say Radcliffe. He says, and I went, hi, nice to meet you. And he goes, I've worked with you before. I said, no, you haven't. <laughs> he goes, oh, yes, we have. I said, okay. And we, you know, we can't talk too long because we have to shoot this thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we shoot it. And um, he's so funny. So I'm, dre- you know, I'm dressed as this little old lady and the stunt coordinator standing next to me. And, you know, they said, perfect. It's a, you know, you're, you're done. We love you, you know, and. So we're standing on the set still and t- I'm talking to the stunt coordinator and I said, oh, can I take a selfie with just you? Because I know I can't take pictures. So we've got the camera and I take a picture with him and he says, you know, do take one more because he was he was looking the other way or doing something. I don't know. So here comes Radcliffe photobombing the show. <laughs> so I have a picture of him photobombing the two of us. Oh, that's fantastic. It is Daniel. I was able to Google it. But Daniel. And, anyway, I get home and I realize you know, because now I'm looking, it's, his name's not on the call sheet. They've got phony names on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. So I get home and for some reason, I'm, I was able to figure out who was playing Weird Al and I realized it was Daniel Radcliffe. And I went, oh shit. <laughs> so I text the stunt coordinator and go, you know, I'm an idiot. He's right. I had done Oregon Trail with him. And, you know, he texted me back and he goes, I'm going to tell him. I said, okay. So about an hour later, I get a text back and he goes, he was laughing his head off. He says, I knew I was right. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I got to tell you, for somebody that has done so many movies, has made so much money, and he's young, yeah. is the nicest down to earth people you will ever meet. I mean, talk about, it was such a pleasure to work with him. I, I don't even know how to explain that. I mean, you know, you hear all these stories about the young and up, up and coming stars and the new stars, their, you know, and their attitude. And, you know, they don't want to know what anybody did before them and they don't care. He is just totally different. I mean, what an incredibly nice 
guy and to everybody. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess I got off on one story. Uh- <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. And, and he must enjoy working with you too, because you were memorable. That's true. I mean, I was surprised he remembered me. <laughs> anyway, I did that. And then um, I did just did a show the week before called Effing Identical Twins, which is a musical comedy feature that's coming out. I, I don't know too much about it. I just know that they're all singing it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I fall down and they, everybody fall, you know, the stars in a wheelchair and he jumps on the wheelchair and the other guy that's singing and she knocks him off into a table and you know the, the wheelchair gets kind of out of control and keeps hitting people and stuff but that's the only scene I know about is because that was what we worked on I just did two 911s actually the first one I did about right before Christmas mm-hmm. I actually was yeah, it was before Christmas, about a week, week, two weeks before Christmas. And um, I'm driving a car and playing a little old lady. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, this guy in a truck tries to get by me and I won't let, you know, and I'm oblivious to him. And he mm-hmm. finally, you know, we do this cat and mouse thing back and forth with the cars. And then he finally gets bored and he goes around me as fast as he can and turns the corner and runs into a, a parade and then there's a bunch of, you know, chaos happening. And um, the director apparently liked me because she was directing the sh- two shows later and told the stunt coordinator, I want her back, but she doesn't have to be the little old lady. She can be herself, so it'll look like somebody different. And I got <laughs> another 911. We actually did the Christmas show. So, um, yeah, I have no complaints. I've been keeping busy. Yeah, Absolutely. So let's talk about conventions a little bit. If I remember the story correctly, you didn't start doing Star Trek conventions until the 50th anniversary was upon us. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I had no idea what a convention was even. I (laughs) paid no attention because I didn't think, you know, what do I know? They, you know, I knew that they did the um, Jason, you know, Jason with the mask and the Friday the 13th. Okay, yeah. That guys played that and he used to go out and he does he does conventions all over the place mm-hmm. and um but that's really all i knew i didn't think much about it and um richard arnold who was um gene roddenberry's associate mm-hmm. and you know was with his right arm actually the whole time um tech he emailed me and asked me if i would sign um some trading cards mm-hmm for Star Trek. And I kind of went, this guy's got to be kidding me. Who is this? <laughs> because I didn't know. You know, I mean, he kind of explained who he was, but I had no idea. So um, he said, you know, I'll pay you for signing the autographs and stuff. And I went, this sounds kind of weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I called my agent and I said, can you do me a favor? I mean, I'll pay you. I don't care if this works. She says, no, you don't have to pay me. Don't be ridiculous. Just tell me what you need. I said, well, this guy, you know, wants me to sign autographs. And he said, he'll pay me. But I don't know. I mean, I could sign autographs and never get paid. I don't know who he is. And she said, let me take care of it. So she she got back to him and, and said, look, tell you what. You want to give her a couple thousand dollars. So you pay half of it up front. Send her the cards. She'll sign them. You pay her the other half afterwards mm-hmm. and he she told me what she the deal and he said fine no problem so I 
So she, I said, fine, at least I know I get half the money. Sure. So I signed all the cards, got paid all the money. And um, he said to me, would you be interested in doing a convention? <laughs> I said, doing what? <laughs> and he said, well, we have this 50th anniversary coming up and you've never done a Star Trek convention and this would be a perfect place for you to be. And we do it in Vegas and he gave me the whole thing. And I said, sure, why not? I mean, he's you know, he's telling me everything's paid for, you know, the room is paid for, the travel's paid for. And I get to keep all the money I make signing the autographs. And um, I said, okay, fine. Well, it's a, what's it, five days or I think it's five yeah, days. I think it was, yeah. And I never had so much fun in my life. I mean, not the fact that I, I made a fortune, I mean, not a fortune, fortune, but I made a lot of money and everything was paid for. And I, you know, I got to go to Vegas and all of that, but the people, oh my gosh, honey, let me tell you, you're signing autographs and, and you know, from Starbase Indy, everybody's asking you questions. Mm -hmm. They want to know, you know, all the questions you're asking me right now and, and more questions about Star Trek and, you know, who, who did the mask and what, you know, all this stuff. Well, I got, I would ask them what they did. I mean, they're all dressed up, literally. Right. Hundreds of them dressed as every character you can imagine. And we're talking makeup and stuff that takes hours to put on. Sure. Well, I mean, I kept saying, well, how did you get interested in Star Trek? Oh, well, when I was 11 years old, I watched the, you know, I watched you and you scared me to death. But... <laughs> But McCoy was a doctor, and that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a neurosurgeon or something, and I'm going, what? <laughs> or I work for NASA because of the space stuff. And, I mean, these people were brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And, I mean, these people that I'm meeting, just in these costumes are, I mean, I couldn't compare myself to these people. They were absolutely amazing. And every walk of life, and the fact that, a television series affected who they became was phenomenal. You know, it was it was so interesting talking to these people and finding out about them. And wow, <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> you know, it was it's, it's really quite. You know, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I had so much fun. And then, and, and actually, at that I believe it was at that convention that I met um, the shakeups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, they were um, very close to our table, you know, and stuff. So, uh, so I love Savannah. Absolutely. Yes, love her. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how you can't love her. Exactly. <laughs> really. And she asked me if I wanted to come to Indianapolis and do um, Starbase Indy. And I went, sure. That's how <laughs> I you know, and, I, and she said, yeah, we'll be there. And so and I, went, I couldn't ask for anything better. So she actually is the one who went in to you guys and um, promoted me and got me to, to go. Um, and you must have liked it because you've come back again. Yeah. Hopefully. So I what do you like about Starbase Indy in particular? Oh, my gosh. You know, you know, Starbase Indy was so different than Vegas. You, you know, not the fact that it's it's smaller, but it's more family. Yeah. It's more family you really get to interact with the people. Whereas in Vegas, I got to ask questions, but I had to be careful because there were lines of people and I had to not take their time up too much or take their, they're taking too much of my time up. Cause I had somebody sitting next to me going, you know, we really appreciate you, but you know, pushing them along. Mm -hmm. But 
Starbase Indy was more intimate, which is more fun because you get to interact with the people. We got to have dinner with the people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, got, I really got to be friends with them. There's several people that are on my Facebook pages that I met through you guys that I adore. And, and still to this day, and that was nine, the last one, I did two of yours. And it was 2018, I believe it was. was yeah, I'm pretty sure that 2018 was the last time. And yeah, whenever I see on your Facebook, I recognize some of the Starbase Indie people commenting, and I do too. And it's yeah. so much fun to watch and follow your career. It's wow. one of the things that I have enjoyed most about being involved with Starbase Indie is I get to meet people like you, and then I get to see what you're doing and see you on screen. And it's very cool. Well, you know what? It's like, and maybe I'm being presumptuous about this, but like with you, Mm-hmm. like I've been pimp you and I are friends yeah I agree I, I think so too I never would have met you if it wasn't yeah you know? and then the, and I have other people um John mm-hmm. who actually was my handler and took care of me and yeah. you know kind of guided me around mm-hmm. um, we're friends on Facebook and hopefully still friends friends yeah it's just cool it's just really it's really cool because I got to stay friends with people and whether you get to see them or not, you really get to, through Facebook, get to see them and, and communicate with them. Yeah. So nice. I would never have met you guys if I hadn't been there. Well, we are delighted to have you as alumni and, and hoping to have you back again soon. Oh, I appreciate it. You know, it was really cute because when you emailed me about for this uh-huh. and, and I looked at the picture that you have for the hope, you know, for your um, Facebook page. Uh-huh. And it's the picture that I was in. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our crew picture from 2018 is still up on Facebook. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's just, just little silly things like that. I go, that make me smile. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so cool. It's so nice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I am so utterly delighted to get you on the podcast and just to get to talk about your career. You've yeah. done so many awesome and amazing things and you're just fun to talk to god i hope i don't talk too much (laughs) no 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 not too much definitely not (laughs) i appreciate you doing this thank you so much so much thanks for listening to the starbase indie podcast to find more information about our live event this november check us out at starbaseindie.org or on facebook Twitter or Instagram. See you on the Starbase.